Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We are in week three of our Satnav series. Has it been good? Yeah. But it's been amazing. Totally amazing. It's all about how to make good decisions. Who knows it's important in life to make good decisions? You are where you are because of the decisions you've made up until this point. So let's make them good. Amen. Satnav refers to us receiving satellite signals from above to direct us so we can get to where we're meant to be. Who's ever been lost and needed someone to help them? Are there any males in the room that are willing to admit that they asked for directions? Oh, wow. You guys are much more honest than the 9am. 9am, they said, nah. None of the males would admit to asking for directions. My husband doesn't need to. He's like a sat-nav in his head. He just looks at something and goes, okay, I know how to get there. It's ridiculous. Sat-nav is great, it saves time, saves stress, it even saves relationships. <laughs> honey, we were supposed to turn right back there. I am turning right, honey. No, the other right. <laughs> Just me? No. Yeah, wow, they're great. They have helped us. They have helped our relationship. We're very happy about them. Making decisions. How do we make good decisions? How do we know the right, what the right decision is? We are here and we want to get to there. How do we go about it? How do we know whether to go this way or that way? How do we know whether to say yes to that job or no? How do we know whether to buy that or build there or marry them or study that? Some people get so messed up trying to make decisions that they end up not making any decision. They end up doing nothing. They end up overwhelmed with what I want to call inertia. Inertia means the tendency to do nothing or to remain unchanged. Too afraid to make the wrong decision, they make none. Or too confused with all the options, they choose none. Or too afraid of missing something, they won't close off any of their options. We live in a world where RSVPing is out the door. People don't RSVP anymore. Do you know why? Hashtag F. O-M-O. They're looking at me. What's happened to you, Mel? You went away, you come back, and now I can't understand a word you're saying. Do you know what hashtag F-O-M-O means? Fear of missing out. FOMO, it's called, apparently. So I've been told. They don't RSVP to you because something better might come along. 
and they don't want to miss out on that. It's like the way I feel when I walk into a gelato shop. There are so many options and I'm afraid I'm going to miss out if I just choose one. So you've got to go back 20 times, (laughs) every single one. No, not really. I want it all. I don't want to close off any options. It means that people stay in jobs for a few seconds and relationships for even shorter amount of time. I want it all. You can't have it all. Okay? I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. You can't have it all and you don't need it all. You don't. Right there. You heard it here, folks. It's okay to joke about FMO when we're talking about gelato. But what about deciding on a job or whether to start a relationship or whether to move to another place? Fear of missing out can render people stuck and inertia sets in. And a whole person's life is wasted, wasting away because they refuse to make a decision. I used to use my filing tray, my in tray years ago I know no one else will have done this but everything would just pile up in it then after a few months I'd look through it and all the dates had passed so there the decision was made for me confessions mourning some people live their life like that everything around them decides for them we have no business living this that way No business. I'm here this morning to challenge you to ban inertia from your life. Do nothing? Remain the same? No! It's not who we are called to be and it's not how we're called to live. We are called to be agents of change in this world and we are called to make the world different because we have walked on it. We are called to dream dreams and we are called to see impossible situations change. We are called to conquer giants and make this world a better place. So how do we make good decisions? Because we have to make a decision. We have to make decisions in life. We can't just live in this letting the world decide for us. Okay, so I have one question for you this morning. It's a very simple message. And this is the question. What do you want? What do you want? Sounds very unspiritual, doesn't it? Some of you have cannot make a decision because you have shut down any sort of desire inside you because you think that it is more spiritual to do that. But it's not. Mark 10. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, 
He's calling you. Just a point of note there is that's what Jesus is always doing. He's always saying, come, come to me. He's never saying, stay away. He's saying, come, always. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Great story. Many a message has been preached on blind Bart. He was sitting beside the roadside begging. This was his life, a beggar. It wasn't a good life, but it was all he had. He was blind and he had to beg for food and for money just to stay alive. One day Jesus walked into his life and blind Bartimaeus seized his opportunity. When Jesus walked by, he called out, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd said, be quiet, Bartimaeus, be quiet. And he didn't listen to the crowd. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was serious. He could have done nothing. He could have sat there. He could have remained the same. He could have remained a beggar. He chose not to. He chose not to let inertia which is the tendency to do nothing and to remain unchanged, be part of his life anymore. And they said, come on, come over here, he's calling you. So he went over to Jesus and Jesus asked him the most crazy question that you ask a blind beggar. A crazy question. What do you want me to do for you? You've got me. You've got my attention. Now, what do you want? If Jesus walked past you today and you called out to him and you stopped him and you got his attention and he asked you, what do you want me to do for you? Would you have an answer? Would you know? Would you even know? Because some people, they live their life believing that life was meant to be endured and just got through, and they don't even know what it means to have a desire. They don't even know what it means to have a dream. They don't even know what it means to have a vision for something better and something bigger, and they're just enduring their life. Some of you are here today. You don't even know what you want because you've, you've turned it down. You've buried it under a whole heap of stuff. So far down. You're too afraid to let it out and you're too afraid to even acknowledge it to yourself, let alone Jesus. He wants us to have desire. He wants to be able to say to us, what is it that you want me to do for you? And for us to have something to tell him. Bartimaeus answered Jesus' question very simply. 
I want to see. He actually put into words what he wanted. That can be a really hard thing to do for some people, depending on what's happened in their life. I have sat for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes waiting, just waiting for someone to be able to say, because it's been so buried on top of all the rut and the rubbish. Did you notice that Bartimaeus, he didn't, he didn't say to Jesus what some religious people would say. He didn't say, well, you know me, Rabbi. You know what's best. I want what you want for me. What do you want me to do for you? Well, I want what you want me to want. So if you want me to want to get healed, then that's what I want. What do you want me to do for you? He didn't say, if it's your will, I wouldn't mind singing. But only if it's your will. He just said it. He just said it. He said, I want to see. It can be hard at times. It can be hard to express to ourselves and to God what it is that we actually want. Especially because it seems so religious to, to want, you know, the bad, you know, to, oh God, it has to be hard all the time. My life has to be hard because that's more spiritual. It's not. Some religious people think that way. My belief is that until we are totally honest with ourselves and with God about what we really want, we aren't really living. Or we're just living in denial. Until we're honest with him, he can't work on our behalf and give us an actual plan to see it happen. Because we won't even acknowledge it. So how the heck are you going to get there if you won't even acknowledge that that is what you want? Our youngest, Zach, through high school and college, for the longest time, for as long as I can remember, he wanted to be an architect. And so, you know, in high school he did certain classes and then he went to college and we made sure that the college... Was, had a good architecture program. And then we, you know, we looked at the universities and at CIT and you know, it was all going really well up until he finished year 12. And he turned to us one day and he said, I don't want to be an architect anymore. <laughs> okay, so what do you want? I mean, it's great to get it, it's great to figure that out there. Not after how many years it is that you have to study to do that thing. I feel like there are some people here today, the reason I said all of that was to say this. There are some people here today and you feel like you're stuck in where you are, in your career, in your employment, in your job. You feel like you're stuck. You feel trapped. You feel like, this is the word I have, you feel like this is what is expected of me. This is what is expected. This is what I have to do. 
I want to come here to tell you today that is not true. You are not stuck and you are not trapped. And when you actually get honest about what you, what's really going on inside you, these expectations may be from other people, but they may only just be from you. Something that you're carrying around with you. Once you be honest with yourself and with God, then you know what? He can move on your behalf. He can shift things around for you. But he wants you to figure out, what do you want me to do for you? What is it? Until we're honest with him, he can't change us because let's face it, not everything we want is what he wants for us. I'm not here giving you a Santa Claus message. That's not Jesus. That's not God. But until we're honest with him, he can't actually shift us if he needs to. He can't actually show us where we need to change because we're not being honest. After we finished Bible college, full-time Bible college years and years ago, through Bible college I worked in market research and uh, part-time and we finished Bible college and so we both needed full-time jobs because who knows you've got no money when you do Bible college. (laughs) There's people that have done Bible college. We had to get a full-time job and so I, I had a fun job, market research. It's a lot of data entry, didn't like it that much. But I had an opportunity. I went for a job in this really big firm. And I thought, wow, that'd be awesome. And I got the job. And I was talking to our pastor at the time. Because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to go or stay. And I was very double-minded. The Bible says when you're... <sighs> When you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. In James, it says that. And that's where I was. I was here one day and there the next day. It's a horrible way to live. And I was chatting with him, and he was, te- he was actually telling me, well, the job you've got now, you know, there may be an opportunity to work full-time in that job. And, you know, these are the things that you'll have to think about if you want to move to this other place. And he was going through it all. And I was bringing up uh, all these Oh, but basically, I didn't want to stay where I was. And I was bringing up all these excuses. I wanted to go into this big firm. And he said to me, Mel, let's get honest here for a moment, shall we? You don't want to stay where you are. I said, yes. He said, so why are you asking me all this? You know, come on. Come on, let's get honest in life. And I said, oh, okay. Anyway, I went, he said, go and talk to your bosses, because I was working for two guys. Went and spoke to my bosses. Long story short, they moved me into another position where I travelled and did this whole, all this wonderful stuff. I would have hated that job in that big firm. But it wasn't until I started going, I started looking at what I really wanted and why I wanted it. It's because making decisions, it's not just God beaming down, riding across the sky, painting, turning up on your Facebook page, turning up in your social media and saying, this is what I want for you. That's not how it works. He works with us and what's going on inside us and what the desires are in our heart and how he's made us. So it's not just this big sledgehammer in the sky, you will do this. It's let's work this out together, God. 
What's in your heart? What do you want? So, knowing what's really inside us is the first step. Then he can really change us. And when he says, actually, I want to redirect you a little, sometimes in that process we go, no, no. Anyone ever felt like that? Sometimes all I can say is, God, I don't really feel willing right now, but I want to be willing. I can just pray that prayer. That's about as good as I can do right now, God. I want to be willing. (laughs) And he can work with that. That's a good enough prayer. Being honest about what you really want requires risk. Because once you've gone there, you can't continue to live like you were. Because it requires change. It requires movement. It requires taking responsibility to move towards what is inside your heart. It means you can't just blame everything else. If you, I'm not saying you are, but we can't blame everything else around us. We have to say, okay, so this is where I'm going. So what am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Okay. So I had a really great second point on my message until we were sitting on, our, on the plane coming home from our holiday yesterday afternoon. And I looked at it, and I read it, and I thought, there's some great points there. It's really good. And I turned to Paul, and I said, I can't preach it. It's not right. The Holy Spirit wants to do some work. So that's what we're going to do now. I'm going to get the band up. Here they come. We're going to do some business with God. If you're willing, we're going to do some business. What is it that you want? I want to give you an opportunity this morning to bring it to the altar because God is here. And just like when Jesus was walking past past blind Bartimaeus and they said to him, come on, cheer up. He's calling for you. He's calling for you. Come on. He's saying, bring it to me. Some of you are too disappointed to even think that it could even, God could even care. He cares. He sees. He knows. He cares. He sees and he knows. Bring it. Bring it with all the baggage that comes with it. Bring it. He can cope. He's got big arms. He's got big shoulders. They're not too big for him. Or your stuff's not too big for him. Or your excuses. Or your reasons why it just can't happen. They're not too big. Some people here are here today and you feel, you feel just shut down on the inside. You feel like... You need to allow the life of God to come and wake you up so you are fully alive and participating in this life that he has given you. So that's the first thing. What is it that you want? There's another 
person I want to talk to. And it comes from this scripture. It's Proverbs 16, verse 9. And it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but it's the Lord that determines our steps. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.